Hello and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast dedicated to geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. I'm Everett and welcome to our third episode of the month of October, which we're calling Terror from Outer Space. And this episode is over the 1986 version of Invaders from Mars. If you want to go back and listen before this, we did an episode over the 1982 The Thing and the 1979 Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which really tie into this movie. So if you haven't listened to those yet, check them out. Why not? Um, And then before you listen to this episode, I wanted to let you know there are spoilers for this movie, obviously as well as Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1979 film, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Phantasm 1979, and Inception. And also, real quickly, before this, we watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space, then recorded that episode, and then we watched this movie and then recorded this, so we might seem a little groggy at times, and also we make some references to that movie out of order. So, just to explain that away, Enjoy the conversation, guys. I meant to say, I'm getting, like, it's getting really hard to avoid uh, Doctor Strange stuff now. The closer it gets, it's popping up everywhere. Uh, You're on social media a lot more than I am, though. Yeah. I try to stay hip and happening. I just don't give a shit about what anyone says anymore. In the crowd. Yeah. And the in crowd likes Doctor Strange, I guess. I'll stroll through (laughs) my uh, news feed and I usually end up unfollowing at least three people each time. How about it lately? You don't know anything about it, really, do you? No, I've never read anything. Never. I think you'll like it. There's an animated Sorcerer Supreme. This is its title. What is it? Sorcerer Supreme is Doctor Strange's title. Doctor Strange's title. But yeah, there's an animated Doctor Strange. I think I watched the trailer. I've seen that teaser thing whenever that first came out forever ago i'm excited it didn't really reveal too much because i still don't really know much yeah if you don't know who he is it doesn't really give away anything i was just curious that what it would look like (laughs) and stuff i'd barely know who he is i've seen the animated uh movie and that's probably about it and i watched the um the iron fist trailer that looks pretty i liked what i saw Uh i still don't know anything about him i have a feeling that'll be my least favorite out of all of them because I have no nothing the shows? about. Yeah. Because oh. I know I nothing I'm about him, and I don't really care for that kid. Did you know anything about Jessica Jones before you watched that? No, and it's my favorite. Exactly. So there you go. But so it's Iron a Fist girl. is going to be your favorite. Sexism, too. you know. <laughs> um, I, don't know, I was going to say this podcast will actually go up tomorrow because oh, it okay. lines up with the last two movies, right? Gotcha. But we're on to Invaders from Mars. Invaders from Mars. Um. So I you know. felt I liked it. I didn't Guys, like it. You didn't it was, like it. It was pretty like good. It. So far, this is m- the one I've liked more this than the others. This is my least favorite one so far. I enjoy this movie. Why? I don't know. I, that ending made I don't know. Oh the yeah, the ending is bit, stupid. A bit obnoxious. I hated it. And it uh, really, after seeing the ending, I was like, I don't like it, it anymore. The entire movie for me. Yeah, I I get does. that. I I can understand that. Uh, the only thing is, it's it's like even by 80s standards it doesn't really feel like a horror movie no it's yeah, very there's, there's it feels very there. like it's got mystery s- mysterious spooky stuff very much like the goonies mm-hmm. or anything of something else from back that goonies this fits with that kid feels kind of like goonies are a lot of the um a lot of the 50s horror, 50s sci-fi, stuff like that. It felt very 50s, especially like with the shot on the very wooden house. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, it, I, it seemed that that was a um, a tip of the hat. Yeah. I have a plot summary. Ooh, okay. okay. You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. I kind of wrote this as we were watching, so we'll see. David Gardner wakes in the middle of the night to find a myriad of flashing lights coming from the sky. After seeing a massive spaceship land, David rushes to tell anyone that will listen, but no one believes him. One by one, people are being replaced by these invaders. It is up to David, the school nurse, and the local marines to stop the invasion, culminating in an explosive firefight between man and Martian. Humanity is thankfully saved, but was it all a dream, or was it something to come? (laughs) 
as I look at Seth. Yeah. Oh, I hate oh, I it. get and it. The kid's psychic. Maybe. <laughs> and uh, do you just not like the ambiguity of the ending? Or is it? No, it's like, so we watched this movie. They basically just wiped their memory and then another ship we came. find out that everything that we just watched didn't happen. Maybe. No, it did. Maybe. It actually, I believe it did happen. I believe it happened. You think it happened? Because otherwise he would have ran in the room and it happened all over again like Groundhog Day. That's not what happened. He started screaming like, no, something else is happening. It was very confusing at the like, end. The and white flashing light that he said happened, I would assume that's like Men in Black's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Neuralizer. Thank you. That word. And it, it wiped out everyone's memories so they don't remember what happened. They wake up and... Wait, what did? What? NASA it, did it? No, the ship. Supreme Intelligence. When the ship blew up. Right before it, it was hmm. gone and everybody... The things got done with their neck, and that he said that it was a flash of light, and then he woke up from his nightmare. I'd assume that's him, them like wiping everyone's memories from what happened, and they're coming again really to start like over because the they failed. Like I didn't feel like attached to any of them. You didn't even okay. like David. Not even David. No. All right. Uh, interesting. Actually, I hate like kids, David. and I loved him. Yeah, I, didn't yeah, I like, like David. I like his little smart brain. I don't know. There's something. I felt detached all the time. Because you. Because he was a stupid. smart kid. Oh, yeah. No. That's probably what it is. <laughs> no, it wasn't. So, I also didn't like his acting, which is interesting. It, he's a kid. So. I actually kid felt like was he was pretty one. Good. Yeah, he was really good for like a kid actor. Especially in the 80s. And, yeah, in the 80s. I don't know. Um, oh, jeez, so, guys. That's what I would expect a kid out of that age. Yeah. So it was done. This was 1986. It's a remake. It was done by Toby Hooper, who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like that's what he's known for. Right. Uh after that he did uh he did it, he did uh, Salem's Lot which was a big deal. He did Funhouse and then he did Poltergeist. Huh. And do you know a lot of the story about Poltergeist? Like all the behind the scenes things that happened. Okay, well Toby Hooper no. essentially was he was meant to direct that film. And uh, <laughs> he was replaced about halfway, or probably less than a halfway through, about a quarter through, by Steven Spielberg himself. Um, I never knew that. And after after Poltergeist, like Poltergeist was a huge hit, but after Poltergeist, he had a hard time. He kind of had a hard time getting work because uh, he's somewhat difficult to work with. Because when he has a vision, like any other artist, he tends to stick to it and. If A, B, and C says it should go this way or that way, it's like, no, this is my vision. This is, as a director, this should be my movie. Mm-hmm. And he had a, like, Steven Spielberg produced Poltergeist, and there was a lot of uh, conflict between the two. Hmm. And this is a canon film, okay? So we talked a little bit about canon before. Um, canon wanted to, how this came about was canon essentially told Toby Hooper that, hey, like, We'll give you a three-picture deal, but one of the three has to be a remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he says, okay. So the first one is an original. Uh, it's called Life Force. It's a very, very, very bizarre, uh, I would say, erotic sci-fi thriller. Ooh. It's weird. Um, <laughs> then he, got, he was able to remake Invaders from Mars because that was a property that Canon owned. Interesting... Interestingly enough, before Canon swiped up Invaders from Mars, um, Steven Spielberg was actually going to remake it. No. Okay. Weird. Um, And then, of course, uh, what happened with this was they expected a horror film. Like, they expected a horror film. And when he turned in... um, when he, he wanted... They wanted a horror film more in line with, like, Mars Attacks or The Thing... And whenever they turned this film in, they were super pissed. They're like, that's a children's film. That's not what we want. Um, it got even worse whenever he turned in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 because uh, it was more of a comedy. If you've ever seen that, it's more of a comedy. Like, there is not really any horror in that film. There's, like, a few things that are just kind of like, whoa, that's messed up. But it's not a horror film. Um 
needless to say, after and because of that, they slapped two on it instead of it being a remake. Hmm. Um, I mean, the posters for the thing were uh, were the Leatherface and crew like in the bro- uh, in the uh, Breakfast Club poses. Uh, like the poster that's great yeah so needless to say that like texas chancellor 2 is the final nail in the coffin of his relationship with canon but this this was a huge uh uh point of contention for the two that's interesting because for me i've i didn't realize he directed or had any involvement with poltergeist i always just thought it was a Spielberg film. Everybody thinks that, yeah. And that's that's kind of sad, but um, the only one I've actually seen other than that is Texas Chainsaw, which when seeing his name attached to this movie, I'm like, oh man, what is this going to be like? Because the cover does not look spooky. Right. It looks very 50s. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's a remake, so. Yeah, and I, I, that's awesome with the um, hat tip to that, but uh, like, although... Texas Chainsaw doesn't really have any like necessary scary movie moments. It's so eerie and disturbing. It's visceral, yeah. It's very visceral and unsettling. I yeah. It's more exploitation than horror, to me anyway. Um, the bits in Polter, like as a side note here, the bits in Poltergeist that are that was remaining from Toby Hooper would be like the face tearing scene mm-hmm. and uh, the clown. That's kind of like the remnants of what. Uh, what was left from Toby Hooper? Steven Spielberg wanted to play up the family drama a lot more hmm. and build the relationships. Um, but yeah, this was also his biggest picture to date. It was a twelve million dollar budget. Um, I know Wikipedia says like I think it says like eight million seven. So, okay, yeah. Um, documentary I watched actually said twelve. Hmm. Um, so one or the other, but I would, I would believe more the documentary. Um, that's actually on the screen factory Blu-ray. We just watched, uh, Christopher Young did the music and you'll know Christopher Young. Uh, horror fans would know him as how this movie has a lot of talent. Let me just say that this movie has is reeking of talent. And this is why this is the reason I wanted to share this with you because I know your love of practical effects. Yes. Um, just wait until you hear about some of the people on this movie. But like Dan O'Brien, so Christopher Young did the music. Uh, he did the, like the theme for Hellraiser. He was the guy in Spider-Man 2 and 3 did the music. Uh, go- for Geek Films, uh, he also did Ghost Rider. <laughs> the music there. Dan O'Bannon, the guy who wrote Alien, wrote this movie with uh, Don Jacoby. And this was the only thing that I could find that Jacoby had ever done. Hmm. Um put out on June 6, 1986. Uh, it was meant to be pitched as Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but told from a kid's point of view. I definitely I, I, immediately, I as soon as the emotionless dad comes in, I'm like, oh, man. just watch this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Uh, an interesting note about the actors, too, is... Uh, which you don't like you weren't attached to any of them but i was really attached to uh linda the nurse mm-hmm. and uh david the kid and i felt like they had a great bond well the reason why they have a great bond in this movie and i didn't know this till recently they're actually mother and son that makes sense cuz they were a little Aww. too close in that boiler room scene i was like that's a little weird to hug someone else's kid that close right and he like caressed her face at one point. I, I was did like, see this that. Is I, I weird. Like, <laughs> I mean, I get that they're really scared, but it was a little too close. For well, me. Yeah, they feel. I mean, I the beginning of the movie and the later half are very different because mm-hmm. for, at the beginning I'm like, this is invasion of all over again. They're doomed, right. and so I'm like, they're they they're the only people they can trust each other until he thinks of going to Wilson, right. and then the second half it's like okay, this is crazy. We're actually attacking the aliens on their um, home. Yeah. And uh, Hunter Carson, the actor of David Gardner, was actually Toby Hooper's godson, and this was the first thing he really did. Hmm. So he did a really damn good job, especially for a kid in the 80s. Um, And uh, Kendall liked one of the actors in this too, Timothy Bottoms. 
Because she couldn't help but laugh at that point. <laughs> the original David Gardner actually made an appearance in the movie. I saw that. Yeah, uh, he was one of the police officers. He was the one that uh, made the comment that he hadn't been out here since he was a kid. And this was actually the last thing he ever would do. Um, he had retired from acting. He was a realtor, and they had to track him down. Hmm. So it was kind of that was cool. Um, but no, I I mentioned the quick like this was the biggest production that Toby had ever done. Uh, it was also the quickest production cycle. Um, and he considered it to be more of a more of a labor of love than anything else because uh, by the end of the day, um, he ended up pouring. I guess he ended up kind of pouring some of his own uh, money into this, like to get it edited right and more in line with his vision. Um, a lot of the actors were very high strung, working with an act a child actor for the first time, and it being like a lot of people felt, uh, I guess, that he wasn't deserving of the role because. They looked at it as like, oh, you're giving this to your, your. Essentially, looked at it as like Toby was giving the role to his son and not somebody who actually deserved the part. <laughs> so there was a lot of animosity okay. on set too. Adult people, right. shut up! Oh yeah. my god. So there was a. It was a, It was very very interesting, um, in that regard. Uh, Awful. I think the best. Like, before we get into anything really about the plot, like, the best part of this movie was obviously the effects and, like, all the sets. Um, Like, the sets were uh, actually built in uh, aircraft hangars where Howard Hughes had designed a lot of his stuff. Hmm. So I thought that was uh, really interesting. Um, I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you the effects crew. First off, Stan Winston, right? Um, legendary, done so much. Like if you've ever seen an effects film, or any kind of sci-fi effects film from the '80s and '90s, and uh, some some 2000s, you've seen his work, hmm. um, like Terminator, Aliens, things like that. And actually, Stan Winston left this film halfway through to do Aliens with James Cameron, so he left behind his like his proteges, and his proteges included. Uh, Tom Woodward, Tom Woodruff Jr. Um, he did Aliens, Terminator, Mortal Kombat, and Jumanji. Uh, his probably most memorable thing uh, was he actually portrayed the lead alien in like the later Alien films, Alien Three onward. Huh. Um, he was also the act, the as close to an actor as you could get for Goro in Mortal Kombat, and he played mm. Pumpkinhead, which was one of the very first things he did. Um, then we have. Kevin Yeager he engineered and designed Chucky from the Child's Play films oh. Whoa. Uh, he also directed Hellraiser Bloodline um, you have Alec Gillis who did Aliens he's doing the upcoming adaption of It he did the Santa Claus films he did Monster Squad uh, his most important thing he ever did was created and designed Tremors remember those films yeah. Big Fat Worms gotcha okay and then there's a uh, Gino, and I can't say his last name, uh, Cronogle, I believe is how you say it, but he's uh, he's one of the lead guys on Walking Dead. He did From Beyond, Sin City 1 Ooh. and 2, Wishmaster, Predators, Texas Chainsaw 2, and this is the first film he ever worked on, and he actually is, uh, he unofficially, he was uncredited on this film. Okay, here's something really cool. Um Actually, I'll save him for last. Okay, so Larry O'Dean, he did Spider-Man 3, Blade, House from 1986, The Men in Black films, and Evil Dead 2. Whoa. And then you have Bill Sturgeon, who did Men in Black films. He was on Batman Forever, Aliens, The Blob, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, (laughs) Army of Darkness, and he actually portrayed the evil Ash. Whoa. He was the body double. (laughs) So that is all your, that is all your FX talent that Stan Winston left behind, and it shows. Like this film, uh, this film has one of the best effects, uh, like practical effects, sets and creatures, um, that I've seen in a long, long, long time, and maybe ever. The Martian suits were interesting. It actually took two people to operate them. Makes sense. It looked kind of like a horse costume. It kind of was. <laughs> Essentially, like, one guy would be uh, 
so if the mouth if the mouth is uh, facing you, a man would be inside and have his back to you, and he would be walking backwards, <laughs> and he would control the main legs you see and the back legs, the back like upper smaller right. legs, uh, and then a guy in front of him would control the jaw and the two smaller arms, and it would be a small like the guys walking were bodybuilders they just hired. Um, like they just went down to gyms and hired like the biggest guys they could find. And the men on back were more like smaller effects guys, like maybe five feet and a bunch of bones. Right. Um, and that's how those things moved around. There was actually only four suits as well. I, I thought maybe there were only going to be two and they just reshot the scenes over and over again with the suits. But yeah, there was, there was only, um, there's only four suits, um, which I mean, of course they, tore numerous times they had to go back and fix and the the effects while they were amazing a lot of them became uh or at least a lot of the material became outlawed because it was highly flammable because of the very the very end of the movie when you see that wall blow up right and then you see them taking on the uh the supreme intelligence all the squibs caught everything on fire and it burned the entire place like that was the final thing they were shooting thankfully but it burned the entire place to the ground uh there was two actors inside of the supreme intelligence that they had to actually go and cut out yeah as the whole building is burning down because nobody checked to see if the foam was (laughs) flammable there's a lot of lawsuits to come with this as well so but yeah so that is our effects effects lineup i mean like the talent is just oozing from this film and it's it's just weird because i mean this is just a quiet film that not a lot of people remember right yeah because it only what did it do 4.9 yeah 4.9 million yeah yeah it's it was severely under budget oh yeah you were talking about the music kendall um like how you didn't you mentioned you didn't like it not all of it, just that one song that was too pleasant for the, the very movie. happy. Yeah, because it starts off with the family from Leave It to Beaver, right? And Essentially, yes, ha- perfect and wonderful. Giving him the it's coin, smart. and then and then like it wakes up after the spooky like because it had we have the like Van Halen Def Leppard light show right. at night come down. Uh, and then in the morning, it starts playing this happy theme again. Yet you can tell there's something wrong. Yeah, and it, just, it just keeps going. And you're like, okay, wait, I don't. I'm not sure. Should I feel? Yeah, that was super like, ugh. Like when they're sitting at the breakfast table, yeah. and it's just right. him and his dad, and the music's still really light and happy. And you're like, this is freaking uncomfortable. Right. This is not what you need to be playing right now. Um. So the music. Christopher Young was initially instructed by Toby Hooper to go review the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and make the score nonsensical like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Which you've seen that, right? Yeah. Okay. So you know essentially that score is more or less a bunch of weird sound effects. So he does that, brings it in. Producers hate it, which the producers on this film are just the Canon Film Collective. Um they throw it out and like then and he doesn't hear anything back and then it's like three weeks before this thing's supposed to be released and they call him and they're like hey we need you to fix invaders to mars and he's like well i turned in my score and like oh yeah we threw it out um we need and to quote him orchestral mars music get it done <laughs> that was their phone conversation and then what you hear in the movie is uh more of a, is mostly is like is a hybrid it's 80 percent what they wanted and 20 percent of what he initially had god i mean if somebody called you three that weeks before me. yeah like because you got to remember it's three weeks before the film comes out it's going to take him at least a week to make prints so you essentially have like a little over a week to make orchestral mars music and I bet he's never even been to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So So what did you think of the movie? I really liked uh I like the opening credits and the look of the opening credits. I liked it too. It was very Star Trek 
Yeah, it was with too the long. Way they swoop in too long. Yeah. It was way too long. They put the entire end credits at the beginning of the movie, which is something they used to do in movies. It was awful. It did. Uh, I wish they. Uh, after a while, I was like, okay, they could come up with a different way for it to fly in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was the same over and over again. At first, I was like, like oh. And yeah. then after a while, I'm like, uh, just go in a different direction. <laughs> something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned the family being very, like, normal and leave it to Beaver. Uh, mm-hmm. So you knew. <laughs> you knew immediately <laughs> that something was coming. Like, it was going to be one of the family members yeah. first. You know, like, that's that's easy. What I didn't expect and what wasn't clear to me was. Was the math teacher or the teacher, whatever she was, um, science. science, was she taken over from the beginning or did she just really not like the kid? She's she taken over, over from, from the, the beginning. beginning. She had the, okay. From when you the, meet her, yeah. Band-aid. Because she said, I went and got these frogs myself this morning. And oh, right. And okay. she had the Band-Aid yeah. on her neck Yeah, and that's that when you saw the bandage, so... Cause she like really, just really, really. She really must have not liked him David. originally too. Yeah. yeah because, because they couldn't all be just like, oh, everyone knows we got to get David right now. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It had to be a preemptive thing, like, cause they're all acting like they are. With yeah, and the the uh, I forget her name, but the uh, the teacher, uh, she just won an Oscar. Louise Fletcher. Yeah. What was it for? Um. Yeah, I've seen her in a lot of things. Um, Academy Award. She's actually one for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, that's it. Best well, actress. Well, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You know, she reminded me of Umbridge. I took her as very obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so during filming, as she's about to be film- filming her scene where she's about to be eaten um, at the end, she's like, I'm doing this and I have an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> like just kind of like what the, what happened to my life <laughs> oh that's sad um why and uh that was a little confusing why did they eat her i don't know i it think like, he just bumped yeah. her into it because they got annoyed yeah like, oh this tastes good might as well just yeah, calm, eat it calm, calm, this calm. is one of our own but whatever like maybe yeah. they didn't need her anymore or something she was just <laughs> she was pawn. also mouthing off to like the supreme intelligence it's like that's the dude you don't talk back to and I was going to say that he looked great. He did. He looked I liked like, it. You know who he looked like? Oh, he looked like something. Uh, the little sad. dinosaur baby. You know it. Dinosaurs? Oh, well, see, I wasn't. Oh, I didn't watch it. But, but you know. TMNT. Krang. Krang. Yeah, he looked like Krang. Is that the meatball? No, well, I mean, he's a brain. Do you remember Krang? Did you ever tell me you watched it? Oh, my God. I'm the only one the in the room. One? The Wait, old one. Yeah. 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 Shredder. Yeah. That yeah, sounds I've like the meatball that. from I that just, one cartoon. Aquatine <laughs> 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 Hunger Force. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I, I, can't, I can't do Krang. I, I really can't. I try. <laughs> Is this a Ninja Turtle it. thing? I just, it's been so yeah. Long. yeah. Oh, okay. I never watched that. Yeah. Yeah. He, that sounded like the meatball. You haven't seen that? I mean, I've seen. I didn't grow up on it. I'm, I mean, it's an '80s show, so yeah. I didn't really. I grew up on it. And I you still didn't grow the up DVDs. in the '80s. Yeah. I know, but I watched it. Not in the '80s, though. I didn't. Yeah. I was. I was too good for reruns. <laughs> it actually you didn't have on. cable for a long time. I know. It went on to like '95. Really? Yeah, it lasted a long, long time. Um, but yeah, he looked like Krang, but he looked fantastic. He was my probably my favorite yeah. effect of the whole movie. Um, or creature of the whole movie. My favorite effect would be that sand tunnel. That looked really cool. Yeah, it was real too. Where'd they go? That's what I want to know. What he showed it, like, you? Like built up on a stage. Yeah, and it was and they would they would slide. There was a slide, and they would slide down it. And uh, there's a thing on the uh, on the Blu-ray that shows actually the whole rig. Cool. Yeah, I like it. Like that sounds sounds fun. Like mm. working on sets like that. Yeah. So we end up uh, we end up with the nurse like as our kind of s- secondary character, um, secondary Karen. lead, mm. Karen Black. She was in Devil's Reject. She's been in so much. Um, I recognize her. I don't know what I've seen her in though. Yeah, I've seen more of her later stuff than I have her early stuff. Um, but they're, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, their bond was great. It would just seemed random to me. Like was David in the nurse's office a lot that she would just randomly stick up for him? Maybe. And randomly say, here's my keys, like, go to my house. Uh, yeah. My back it's door. A small town. 
Yeah, it's a small town. I guess I was think taking it as she's maybe paranoid already. Maybe. Stuff like that. Yeah. But it was interesting that they played her as the nurse and counselor. Right. Maybe that was just an 80s thing. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I felt like the general was way it's too nice. Oh. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. David! 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 Right. And shaking his fist, both fists, like... If she was a counselor, that means she probably saw him a lot because the teacher already had. Yeah, that's true. If he was, or didn't if she already was. like him, yeah. so I bet he was in the counselor's office a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought the kung fu action from the one marine was totally random. <laughs> like we had, it was like somebody just was like, "We need, we need an action scene here." Oh, when he beat up the the guys? two random oh. security guys, like he like karate chops one ha- like one hand, and then he karate kicks the other. I, I thought that was when I didn't the, notice the movie. Uh, took a turn for like the safe. last half. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like they pull their guns out. I'm like, oh no, here we go. Mm-hmm. They're taking over the world. They're gonna kill the general. But then like he comes in and knocks their guns out of their hands. And I'm like, oh, what just happened? We're gonna get this. Yeah, we might actually we survive might this. Win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I yeah, at the beginning of the movie, especially after watching Vision of the Body Snatchers, like this very much looked like, oh god, here we go. Yeah, which um. There was at one point, it was when the mom was being taken up the hill mm-hmm. and then brought back and she's gone. I was thinking, this just feels like a nightmare. Like, this kid can't get out of this. Right. Which then, at the end of the movie, he wakes up and I was like... Actually, it was right after that, I'm like, how are they going to get out of this? It's, I mean, it seems so... He's a sweet, innocent kid. How is this going to work out? In the right. end, I'm like, would it be a dream... Would it be a dream? Would it be a dream? Would it be Are they going to do that? Are they going to pull that trick? <laughs> Which, to its credit, um, to my knowledge, this is one of the earlier films that pulled the It's All a Dream. Uh, it was all, all Like dream, in 1994, dream. you had you had Nightmare on Elm Street do it, but it also played it kind of like this. Was like, was it a dream? Was it not? Right. Um, and so was uh, Phantasm in 1979. Uh, had the whole it, it kind of rearranged reality by the end of that well, one speaking of nightmare every time I see a boiler room that's what I think of is that movie nightmare on Elm Street have you seen those yeah, the original the first one we watched okay. them last year I think but I've, I remember seeing that as a kid nightmare and the boiler room always stuck with me oh yeah I mean I didn't into, think about that um I did think there was, it was odd there's the never ending story too the kid hangs out in the boiler room oh okay yeah so yeah it was a good movie. I think the only thing I I wasn't I was surprised by, I guess, was whenever all the Marines come in to the school to check out where this thing had tunneled and there was still a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought yeah. it would be closed off by I then. was I was like, ah, here it goes and like but yet that one doctor, uh Bud Court's character, his his mouth was wide open like <gasps> the, the guy who ended up Getting being done. blown away. Yeah. yeah. Um Which actually in that scene, and I'm not sure what it is because I'm not see it's it's Star Trek is not my thing, but one of the scanners in that scene, maybe the one with the ball on it, was a scanner uh, that was used in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's been a while since we watched that. I, I, yeah. Because uh, the guy who actually had it was a huge Star Trek fan and was like, can I use this? <laughs> and just brought it to set one day. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, because... Oh, and you're talking about being surprised they get there because that the I mean it starts off with him seeing the UFO going to his parents, and I'm like, man, they're gonna get back. It's gonna be gone. It's gonna be one of these movies yeah. where the kid's trying to tell everybody, but nobody believes him. But then, like, <laughs> then we find out General Wilson. Wilson believes the kid, or somewhat believes the kid, then finds out from these other guys that they're aliens. Yeah, and. It's good. Yeah. It's I, I liked the change. Yeah, it was cause, surprising. Because like, it w- didn't feel safe at the beginning, mm-hmm. but then it did feel safe, which actually made me feel more comfortable after watching so many horror movies this month with people <laughs> dying. And, <laughs> and not ending safely and <laughs> all the cotton candy. Yeah. It was a nice change from the the last movie. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I mean, not every horror movie does have a bad ending, but... I, I, 
I felt like we're, we're, like with Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the thing that drew me into that movie was the fact that there it was it was hopeless. But I actually never really felt that way with this movie. You never felt hopeless? No. Uh, really? Yeah. I f- uh, I feel like I, I feel like I did the you know first time through. I felt pretty hopeless. Um, especially, uh, especially whenever like he can't prove it to the school nurse. I was like, okay, like here we go, like this is it. I like, guess I just had the feeling that he was gonna be able to. And also, uh, one of the fir- one of the things that was said that stuck with me was, uh, is he just, uh, what did she say? Did she say she didn't say deranged? What did she say? Uh, crazy, a little crazy. Is David mm-hmm. a little crazy? Like, I was like, oh wow, like what if the invaders and all this is just in the kid's head? <laughs> that would be a what a twist! What a, what a twist! twist. Yeah. That would have been a decent twist. Oh, a decent twist. Yeah. Other than the dream He wakes one. up in a psych room. I'm glad we found a movie that you haven't that you don't yeah, like. Like I don't like it. Yeah. Because like you you like a lot of things. I do. I'm yeah. a, You're I'm like a, me. A, like you try to see the good in everything. He doesn't like Forrest Gump. I don't like Forrest Gump either. <laughs> Whoa, hey, we have Matt, two yes. people who don't like Forrest Gump. <laughs> Robert, people don't like it when you tell me you don't Robert like Zemeckis Forrest Gump. Robert Zemeckis would be Matt. would be disappointed. <laughs> I've not watched the original of this one of you. I assume you haven't either. Mm-mm. I do know that the, and this is just from that documentary, is that uh, on his wall there's a face, there's a mask, and it was green Lots with the red eyes. That was the original. That's what the original Martians look like. Oh. Yeah, he had a bunch of different masks. Yeah. It was the, the green one on the back of the door, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I don't know. It was nice. nice to actually change it up. A yeah. little bit, um, which I mean, this kind of fits. This is why it, uh, I wanted to do this one after Killer Clowns, or around Killer Clowns, is because this is also an invasion film, where they actually come down. Right. Yeah. And I was taking it as, I mean, that's why the ending is so confusing with the ambiguity of it all, because why are they, were they here? And are they coming back for revenge? Because mm-hmm. what I what I had taken it as was we had gone to Mars. There's nothing there, and so that they're aware that we're about to go back up there. So they're coming down for a preemptive defense. Right. That would make sense. But then, and I could see maybe because they killed their supreme leader, they're coming back to. Uh, go after David. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll never know because there's obviously not a sequel. Yeah, I I was waiting at the end. He goes, um, or his parents are saying good night, and then uh, after he'd already waken up, then um, he starts seeing the lights again, and I'm like, what? What is going on? And I was like, is he about to wake up again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was waiting for that. I, I was kind of thinking that, or I was thinking it was gonna. They were gonna say good night, and then he was gonna like feel his neck or something, and he was going to be. Uh, maybe he fell asleep again, and he was dreaming. Again. That's what he just said. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I see. Oh. That was a, the last. Where part are you? Has that ever Get happened? Get in the conversation. To anyone before? Has that ever happened? In a movie? No, like in an actual dream. Have you ever? Yeah, done yeah, yeah. That's strange stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways. That ending, Inception. <laughs> I watched that inside like, of a dream. I watched that at dream. like three a.m. <laughs> I don't remember a anything idea. about yeah. the movie. It was a bad idea. That was the worst time to try and watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to. Yeah, I, I, I did know there was it. like three actual jump scares in this movie that, like, a couple were. of them kind of got me. Okay. But I, I was, I was like, I'd be looking at my notepad and then like it'd go bump and I'd look up and I'm like, oh. That was supposed to I only scare remember me. one when Linda grabs Dave when they're outside her house. Um, the the only one that actually really got me was when he goes home after school and you see the shadow behind him and I'm like, oh, that's gonna be his oh, mom. Oh yeah, his mom's gonna come up and grab him. But I wasn't expecting the robot in front of him to come yeah, at him. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. It, Like it was so loud and it so was. it just caught me off guard. I was like, oh. they never explained why the front door shut by itself. You mean why it was open? No, it was After well. Why it was open in, by itself? But he walks it in, oh, yeah. and it shut. It like slams shut by itself. You know, sometimes and I was like, "Oh, that. there's yeah, ghosts now." The back now? door was probably open, and so the suction. Mm. Yeah, but why show it? 
Why was that in the movie? To spook you. It was probably an accident. Actually, it's probably yeah. It's probably just arbitrary. Just kind of spook you and get you, catch you off guard. Keep you, keep you wondering what's coming. Yeah, the countdown clock was interesting. The uh, at the end there, mm-hmm. especially like because of how it ends. Um, I never quite. I always assumed that was going to just be like a huge explosion. Right. Um, and now you know. Obviously, we talk about it. Could be a mind wipe thing. Like that's interesting. It's oh no! I thought I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I figured the mind wipe was like a self defense on the ship. Well, it came after the countdown clock. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, the ship's destroying. Wipe. Right. So, in your mind, what is the end? What happened? Yeah. They blew up the ship, and it has a defense mechanism where it wipes the memories. I mean the dream. And then he wakes up. Thinking, oh, wait, I remember this, but nobody else remembers it. For some reason, Mm. he does. And they come back to try and do it all over again because they failed. My my only stretch with that is how did they end up back in their homes? Mm. Mm. Government conspiracy. Brainwash? I mean, it's like a blackout. Yeah, I took it You can still walk around when you blackout. I was thinking, because I swear this could be completely wrong. But it looked like uh, his dad had a scar on his neck. Oh, I could yeah. be wrong. It could just be the actor's scar. Just his neck, or yeah. But uh, um, but the, I took it, it as at the end when his he was telling his parents that the uh, NASA government took over and wiped everybody's minds, mm. neuralized them. They had the Men in Black come in town and neuralize them, and uh, but NASA was mostly taken over by the Martians. No, they just three people. What if you don't just know. those two orange guys that died and his dad? There was two other people that were the driving the kamikaze. Yeah, kamikaze people. Oh, Ed yeah, from point. the telephone company. You don't know how many there were. They kind of seem to get just about everybody. All the children, which means the children probably took their parents. I didn't. There. Even, I forgot all about the children. That was kind of weird, like to see children involved in such a plot like this, um, and so many of them. Like usually, one or two is kind of okay, expected. Everybody get on the school bus. Yeah, but there's quite a few. Like I said, Umbridge was just out to. She's just like I hate children. But she <laughs> loves frogs. Yeah, she loves frogs. Oh, yeah. That was a big gummy frog that actually had no taste to it. That yeah. she oh, I gu- could not do that. She had to guzzle down. Yeah, that was, didn't even take my surprise because I did see that in the, the uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah the menu. Right, so it played. And I was like, oh, yeah. Make sure to watch for that. I that gave me the impression that it was going to be scary. Right. Now, is there an? Uh, I was typing in ending, trying to find if um, the writers said anything about it, or, oh boy. or if there's theories. But it popped up alternate ending. Is there one that you know of? Uh, I not that I've seen. I but I've okay. I've looked online. I I've searched. I can't figure out the ending online. Nobody's explained it. So I guess ending? we just have to stick with. What we got? I didn't. I didn't see that either. Did you just look up the title oh. and then hit theories, not ending? Don't hit. Put, don't put ending in it. Did you try alternate ending? Uh, I think it doesn't. It's not real. Okay. I didn't think so because there was usually if there's something like that, it's on a Scream Factory release. Just have to live with the headcanon we make up. Yeah. I don't. I'm not a fan of that, honestly. It doesn't bother me so much. I'm trying to think of one. Recently, that when what when when you trying to make up your mind on Castaway? What like movies we've what? watched recently? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and about movies we've watched, where you had to make up your mind, like on the ending. I don't know. Cider House Rules. <laughs> on the ending. I don't what? know. I'm just that guessing. That was very straightforward. I'm just guessing movies that we've seen recently. Huh. Castaway does have one of those endings, though, doesn't it? Not no. really. Like if it just ends with him being home. That's I about he was it. In the street. It ends with him being in the street, doesn't it? That yeah, doesn't but it mean wasn't anything. like a dream or anything. Oh, a dr- oh, okay. I thought you just like an ending where like no, an ambiguous ending. Uh, I don't know. I don't like those kind of endings. So maybe I. S- I've seen a lot of those endings. God, I'm trying to think. It's there. There's one recently that I saw, and I'm like, with me, without I'm not me. A, oh, I loved the movie, but like the ending, I'm just like, I I'm not a fan of like that's a huge thing with like a lot of 
writers in the music industry mm. like they enjoy their fans coming up with what the lyrics mean to them i like trying to figure out what the writer was meaning yeah like to me and that's what with what i'm writing i'm always thinking oh, i hope they can figure this out like crack my code right um what uh what movie well what was Birdman. it? Birdman. oh okay freaking cheese did you you liked that movie did you I good did movie. That one. Did, were Hate you the uh, ending. upset about the ambiguous ending not that one no there's there's but that's why i was asking that one i was pretty like i don't like the thought of that like why can't they just tell me what happened i want to know and so yeah that's the only thing i liked this movie a lot but the ending i'm just like i want to know what happened right i don't like that does anybody have anything else they would like to throw down on invaders from mars so um this movie is the lowest rated of all the movies we've been doing so far, and I believe it's going to be the lowest rated of all the movies in our series. Oh, yeah. Uh, Until we do our guilty pleasures, right? Yeah. Well, I just mean this month of this series. We've definitely had lower rated movies. We've done podcasts over. Um, But this movie... No. At least not with audiences. It had a 59 of audiences. But this movie has a 36% on the tomato meter and a 34% of audience score. So people didn't really care for it. Right. Um, I can see that. And then obviously we started with The Thing and Invasion and those are up 80 to 90s. And then uh, Killer Clowns will come out this Wednesday. Which 70s. is yeah in the seventies and then fifties fifty nine audience I think so, you know it's just my my critics intuition of why I didn't like this movie so that's what it is hey I mean it makes <laughs> I it, don't think that's it but maybe are, I'm just not, liking it more based intuition. off you of are watching in the, the majority yeah of f- when you when you say you don't like so the movie basic. Yeah. so basic the majority of people didn't enjoy anymore. the movie I think I right like it more because. It's coming off watching all these other ones that I... Yeah, because it, it had a happy ending. Well, not a happy ending. It had a happy middle. <laughs> yeah, it was It was definitely more of like a hero's story. Yeah. Like there was a hero and there was a good... I really want to watch The Goonies now, actually. Have you ever seen The Monster Squad? No. We talked about that because if we do Universal Monsters next year... We we have to do that. I'm going to... We'll watch it then. We have to. The I kind of want to watch... Is I think it's just... Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Mummy. We have two of those. Uh, I was thinking we could watch those: Monster Squad and maybe Abbott and Cots- Costello meet Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Was that next year? Yeah. It's a long time, bro. I know. Anyway, <laughs> anything else? I mean, so so you feel you should feel good, Seth. Yeah. Don't feel good. I want you to feel really bad. Oh. Too late. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have a favorite or least? You do any kind of good scene that you liked? Not even a scene. Well, to distract him, that actress really does have her eyes crossed. Hmm. The girl who played Linda. Karen Block. Yeah, her eyes cross sometimes when she's not looking certain directions. I'll just say that the frog eating scene was my favorite. Why I is that? The, the, I, 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 it was eerie. Mic drop. It was what I wanted. You know, like the whole time it wasn't I anything wanted I wanted. The frog. Well, it was like a little creepy. Yeah, he wanted creepy. I wanted. I, that's what I wanted. You know, that's what. I think with this movie, it was because I seen. I had seen the only things I could go off of expectation wise was I'd seen the poster. Huh? I'd seen, I knew the name, and I'd seen Toby Hooper's name attached to it. So I had no idea. Right, it's you It's very blind. confusing. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, I'm glad it went more towards the case because it was uh, fun for me. Yeah, it's definitely like kind of the black sheep of his uh, filmography as well. This but, and uh, my favorite scene, um, is when the Marines kill Krang. Okay. Yeah. I think my favorite scene is the reveal of Krang. That was cool too, because that was fu- it was fun. Yeah. It's it starts off at first. I'm like, what is happening? Because I was mad when the kid starts entering. I'm like, you are stupid. Yeah. You are the idiot who dies at the beginning of the movie, but I know you're not going to die because you're the main character. 
And then like he's actually going through the building, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I'm liking it. I like the sets, right? Um, and I like the adventure feel. Yeah, there's definitely a good sense of adventure. Kendall, if you'd be so kind to pick up your microphone and tell us your favorite scene. Who's Krang? Oh, the Supreme Intelligence. That's just what we were calling it. Oh, okay. The I was brain. like, I thought Krang was. I gotta show you the picture. The turtle thing. And then I was confused. I was like, are we still talking about the same movie? <laughs> we switched to a different movie? Yeah. Yeah, it looks yeah. just like it. It's, it also looks like the meatball, though. Yeah, yeah, it does. I have a... I have a no, it's not out there. I have a pen uh, where it's the meatball, and it looks like Crank. That's oh, awesome. Ma'am. They do sound very similar. I didn't think about it until after Kindle said, you sound like... The guy doing the, the voice acting for that was like, yeah, I just modeled it after an angry Jewish lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh because God. because apparently he went to, he went to uh he went to school with a re- the receptionist or whatever she was there was just always angry and that's what she sounded like. Oh my God! <laughs> so Kendall, do you have a favorite scene? Does Buffy have a favorite scene? I don't know if I have a favorite scene. No, there it is. <laughs> I'm gonna say my favorite scenes when they shoot the thingy. The brain thingy, because you see him bleed, and his expression changes, and he's like, eh. "Oh yeah, yeah, the expressions looked really cool." He was a huge puppet, uh, really. Oh yeah, like you saw him come out, right? Actually, yeah. he was a small puppet, and they just shrunk it down. Uh huh. And it was just somebody's hand going in like a box. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. That huge, that huge thing was a rig. Like that was that was completely the reason why he came down like that, and he wasn't just simply a small brain. Is because they needed so many like uh, different robotics inside yeah, him right. uh, to make him move, and there was I also two people eyes. inside. Yeah, his eyes looked great, especially yeah. it had like the they split were scary pupil. And there was two and of alien them on looking. Each yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Is Alien next? No, that's last. Yeah. We're ending <sighs> that. One I'm most excited What's next? for. Predator is next. Oh, we're watching Predator. That's what we you got on the list. Predator. Why are we doing Predator before Alien? I feel like Predator's... Alien, we're going to post on Halloween. I'm more scared of Predator. It's a good... I thought it was the perfect I'm ending. I'm more scared of Predator. Are really doing You're yeah. more scared of Predator? Yeah, because you can't the see him. <laughs> the xenomorph is creepy. And the xenomorph blends in with everything. Predator looks too humanoid, I think. To I think he looks like a cool... Um, like he would be in the Black Eyed Peas or something. That, why, is that not, <laughs> why is that scary? <laughs> because I can't see him. Is that a race thing? Yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks once again for listening to Geek Cinema Podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast app and join us next week, sorry, on Wednesday actually, for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We've already recorded it, and we had a great time talking about it, so you can check that out on Wednesday. And if you want to hit us up online at facebook.com slash geekcinemapod, twitter.com slash geekcinemapod, and on Instagram at geekcinema or on our website geekcinemapod.com, you can come hang out with us, give us some suggestions for movies, and just be our friends forever till the very end. See y'all on Wednesday.